Very warm welcome. And, uh, you know, all of us learn from Brother Hagin. And Brother Hagin always said, if it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's me. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. But thank you so very much for that very warm welcome. But how many of you know we love Jesus? Amen. And we're so thankful for what He's done in all of our lives. Amen. Amen. Pastor Tom, thank you, sir. Praise team, thank you so much. Praise God. Well, before you see it, why don't you greet somebody? Hug a hand, shake a neck. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, forever. Hallelujah. God is good to us. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. Good to see you, Brother George. Amen. Sure good to have you guys. Thank you so much for coming out on a Wednesday night. Sure appreciate you being here. Praise God. Amen. God is good. We, uh, uh, Pastor Brenda, did Pastor Nancy, was you going to talk about her? Give a report at the end? Sure. Okay. All right. Pa uh, Pastor Nancy will give us a report about Pastor Brenda at the end of the service, and all is well. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. And, uh, of course, Pastor Mark did ask me, uh, re remember this coming Sunday, Brother Keith Hershey's going to be here. And how many know he'll have a word? Yeah. Amen. Praise yeah. God. And so come like you did this, this service and this Sunday. Come ready. Come hungry. Now me know God's going to give us answers. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, if you got your Bibles tonight, I'd like for you to open them, if you would, please, to the Gospel of John, John chapter 16. Sunday morning, the first service, we started into some things. And then uh, the second service, we was going to finish up. And, uh, and it went a little bit different way. And so in getting ready for tonight, the Lord said, I'd like for you to, to finish that up. And uh, so some of the stuff we're going to say we've already touched on. But uh, how many of you know there's always doors God will open? You know, having grown up in the assemblies, and of course I still preach in the assemblies. And, and our sister, uh, Linda, her and her husband have pastored the assemblies, uh, Assembly of God Church, I believe for uh, 46, 47 years. And uh, so when we say this, we're not talking about nobody. How many know there are fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord? But uh, in the assemblies we grew up, back then, uh, I didn't learn much, you know. And because uh, I, I really didn't want to be there. Uh, I even had a drug problem when I was a kid. Uh, Mom and Dad drug us to church. And uh, it, it was never a debate about whether you wanted to go. Uh, if you said you didn't want to go, when you got up off the floor, you went and got dressed and we went to church. And uh, I never did get to see Bonanza or Walt Disney or nothing because it always come on Sunday evenings, you know. Never. I held a grudge for a long time, but I've got past it. Amen. But uh, in that, one of the things that we, we went through was that the, the leading of God, how God would take ownership of his child... And make sure that you went through life and found your place. That Ephesians 2.10 and the Amplified bears out. He's prepared stuff. And how many know it says in the Amplified past that he's prepared ahead of time. And then in that phrase it'll say living the good life. Amen. Amen. So I mean, know oh, that's what God wants for everybody. But in that we thought that God would lead through open and closed doors. In other words we would pray stuff like God if you want us to do that then... You open this, and if you don't, you close that. And we never knew about the Pauline revelation, about being led by the inward witness. Well, in that, over the course of time, God began to work with me and talk to me about the opening of doors. But he said, the opening of doors is never for guidance. He said, that's the inward witness job. And so he said, you as a New Testament. He said, only in the Old Covenant could they be led by signs because nobody was spiritually alive. So nobody could be led by the inward witness. So they'd either have to go to a prophet or a priest and, you know, with the ephod or they'd, like Gideon. The reason Gideon prayed the way he did, I mean, no, I'm sure that was common for that day. 
because nobody had the Holy Ghost in him. He's like, God, if you want me to do this, give me a sign. And the, the sheep, you know, the, the pelt, they called it, fleece, the skint sheep, he throwed it on the ground and he said, make it dry and then the ground wet and then make the ground dry and it wet. And you know the story. Well, in that, people will read the Old Covenant and think that since we are the church, that we're still led that way. But how many of you are glad we're not led that way? Anytime you want to be led that way, there's a 50-50 chance the devil's going to hoodwink you. But how many of you know where Jesus put the Holy Ghost when people ask Jesus into their heart? The Spirit of God indwells the human spirit. Well, how many of you agree with me? There ain't no way a devil can be in there with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, he might oppress a human body or something, but he ain't in you if you're saved. So how many of you know that's a safe place to be led from? But in the opening of doors, it comes usually with faithfulness. And when one's been found faithful, God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ will always open doors that no man can shut. And in that, there's always increase and promotion but one of the greatest things that we've watched, walked through a lot of our own selves, is that every time you've been found faithful and God begins to open doors of increase or opportunity for you, at that open door is always not just a adversary, but many adversaries. And people get confused because they're like, God, we've obeyed you. We've walked with you. We're doing everything in the local church that you've asked us to do. We're tithers. We're, we love you. How come we're going through all this hell? And they've never connected the dots that usually every time you're getting ready to go through an open door because you have been faithful is when all stuff breaks loose. And when we were kids, uh, what's that deal called? They'll give you a piece of paper and it's just got a bunch of numbers. If you look randomly at the numbers, they don't look like nothing. But then when you start following it, what do you call it? Dot to dot. Dot to dot. Thank you, honey. Really, is it called that? Or connect the dot. Thank you, honey. But dot to dot. And as you start following them dots, after a while, you'll be like, oh, that's what that looks like. How many of you agree with me? Your father, God, is a good father. And how many know the devil is a bad devil? And we said Sunday morning, that lady that had a bad back, everybody had ever dealt with her thought they were just dealing with a bad back, and that's how they ministered to that lady. But Jesus come along and he said, it's something invisible. But the devil not one time jumped up and hollered, it's not a bad back, it's me. Woo! No, it's me. Because how I many you know he wants to fly under radar? And he wants especially God's people to be confused and think that God could have but wouldn't. But you serve a good father. I said you serve a good father. Amen. Now, so in John chapter 16, uh, we're going to start in about verse 33. I'm going to ask the... the, the uh, people in the booth, if they would, to put it up in the Amplified, we'll pray and then we'll get right after it. Father, we love and thank you and praise you tonight for the opportunity to gather around the Word of God again. And Father, I'm so thankful that we're not limited to what I would know or my personal experiences. So we call upon him who was given by the head of the church, the one that's given the instruction among other things, the word paraclete. One of them, Jesus says he's a teacher of the truth. So we call upon him who was given the responsibility to be a revealer and teacher. Holy Ghost, pull the cover off. Help us see things in the Word we've never seen before. Also, Paul prayed and talked about in Colossians 4, 3, a door of utterance. Let this be so far beyond me tonight. Utterance by the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. And we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor for it. In Jesus' name, and all that agreed, said amen, please. In John 16, 33, in the Amplified, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that 
In me, you may have what? Perfect peace and confidence. So look at your neighbor and say, perfect peace and confidence. Now, it's going to be important to remember that in him, the reason he's telling us this is that we'll be able to stay in peace and our confidence will stay sure. Okay? Then he said, in the world, which is not the earth. Right? The earth belonged to the sons of men. Psalms 115. 1 Corinthians 10 says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Right? So everything in it belongs to you and me. Then he says, in the world, the system or the age that Lucifer is God of, you would have what? Tribulation. Tribulation. What else? Trials. What else? And what else? So if you're frustrated, this scripture is for you. Look over at your neighbor. Say, he's already started preaching to you already. Amen. Now, <laughs> amen. All right, now, so, but Jesus didn't leave us hanging there. Aren't you thankful? What did he go on to say? But be a good cheer. Take courage. Glory to God. Be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have not the earth, the system. Are you with me? I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. King James says, but be a good cheer. Right? So look over somebody say, ha, ha, ha. Now, now go to 2 Corinthians 1.8, please. 2 Corinthians 1.8, please. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Now, in 2 Corinthians 1.8, Paul says, and they got it up for us in the Amplified. Thank you, gentlemen. And there, there, if there's ladies up, is that a ma'am? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you very much for helping us. He, he says here in 2 Corinthians 1.8 in the Amplified, for we do not want you to be uninformed. King James says ignorant, right? So look at somebody and say, Paul, writing by the Holy Ghost, don't want us to be ignorant or uninformed. So he said, we do not want you to be uninformed, brother, about the affliction and oppressing distress which befell us in the province of Asia, how we were so utterly and unbearably weighed down and crushed that we despaired even of our life. Now, in this, it's interesting that Paul wanted to make sure that the other churches and his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ knew how tough it was. Sometimes people have a misunderstanding and they think, as soon as you get saved, everything is hunky-dory. I don't know. Is that a good word out here? Yeah. All right. So how many of you like me have found out uh, before we got saved, we were singing that song, running with the devil. And we were. And then we get saved. And all of a sudden, he's our enemy. So before we didn't have no trouble with him, we was running with him. Are you with me? And then we get saved and this system that governs the earth is under its influence of him and all of a sudden we're in the complete opposite of it. And Paul says, I need everybody to know that's believers because he says brethren, right? That I don't, I need you to know how hard it can be and how hard it is. Now I know a lot of times people like Brother Ricky, really, you don't need to tell people how hard it is to be a Christian. It's not hard to be a Christian, but at times there will be hardship. Are you with me? And people need to know that so that when, if the devil does come after them or they get frustrated, join the rest of us. Are you with me? But we don't live in frustration. We live in joy and victory. 
And sometimes people need to know everybody else has gone through some stuff, maybe going through it right now, but the reason you can't really tell is because they believe in the faith walk. Are you with me? But it's good to know what to do when you have been doing everything that's right. When you have been speaking the word, you have done what God's asked you to do, and all hell starts breaking loose. Because the reason Paul wrote this is because very often when stuff really starts whirling around you, people get a crazy idea. I wonder what they've done. Instead of, man, they must be really close to God. (laughs) Really? Amen. Because how many of you know you can be an idiot and, and live in trouble? Right? But what about walking with God and really doing your utmost best to go with Him and following His plan? And some, you know, sometimes people that dot to dot won't dot to dot that. They'll be like, oh, I wonder what they're doing while they're having so much trouble. Well, they're in the perfect will of God, probably. This is going over real big. This must have been the right sermon. Amen. Now, <laughs> okay. Now, 2 Corinthians 1.8 in the Living Bible says this. I thought you ought to know about how hard times, about the hard times we went through in Asia. Isn't that interesting? Paul said, I thought you ought to know. Now, I mean, no, he's not talking about how big the devil is. He's just letting people know. How many of you besides me and my wife ever been through some troubled waters? Look around. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor Nancy's singing. Troubled waters. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Well, how many of you know you're still here? You got through it. Amen. Now, if you're in troubled waters right now, don't worry. You stay with it. You can get to the other side. Right. Amen. Amen. Paul said, I've got to make sure everybody's not misinformed about this. Now, Go over, if you would, to Ephesians. Well, let's read in the King James. 2 Corinthians 1.8, real quick. Paul says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia. Now, if you got the King James, look at this with me real close right here. That we were what? We were what? Pressed out of measure. Is that right? Tell somebody, pressed out of measure. Now, I looked up these two words. The word pressure means the weight that is produced when something presses or pushes against you. That's pressure. Also, the word pressure will force or try to force you to do something or lead you when the inward witness is supposed to. Ma'am, can I have you stand right here? Pastor Tom, will you come? Now, I'm going to ask him to push against you. And I want you to bow up. You know what that means? I want you to resist, okay? (laughs) What is she doing? She's pressing too. Okay. Now, what's happening now? Oh, more pressure. Aaron, do you work out? I'm yeah, that girl. Huh? I really wish that wasn't on the film. I started to kick your leg so I could shove you. Amen. No. Now, you've got to understand. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You have to understand when pressure comes, it's designed to get you to let it lead you. But Paul said, 
Remember, remember that scripture we read Sunday morning out of Philippians 4? He said, I think it's in about verse 12. He said, I've learned the secret to live it. Yeah. I'm going to be content wherever I am. Yes. And he said, I've discovered if, I'm, if I don't have much, I'm still the same because I'm walking by faith. If I have an abundance, don't bother me. I'm living by faith, not by what I have or don't have. Are you with me? Because your faith will get you what you need. And so in that, he said, I press toward the prize of the high calling. But here he says, there's something pressing on him and it's doing his best to get him out of his measure. Right? Now, I want to ask you a question. What is the measure? Go to Ephesians 4, 7. You guys know these scriptures. But you know it's good to know when this stuff's going on, what's going on. How many of y'all ever wanted to hit somebody? Like swept over the crowd. <laughs> People are like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did you want to hit somebody? You know, we'll say, well, they aggravated me. Or they, I was frustrated or something else. And those, those are all, you know, good answers, I guess. But, but here's what, here's what really and truly, what made you want to slap them? Usually it's because of the place we are currently at. Have you ever noticed, how many of y'all have ever been drunk in the Holy Ghost? How many know you will respond different when you are drunk than when you are ticked off already? And it don't take much to trip your trigger. Are you with me? These are terms that it took years for me to develop. Are you with me? Amen. <laughs> and so... Paul didn't write, and he says, I'm telling you what, guys, I wish we'd have done better. When they were pressing on us, you know. How, well, let me ask you this. Brother Tony Cook preaches about the guy that, that Peter cut his ear off. Malacca's ear or whatever you call it. What's the guy's name? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Y'all know what his name It starts with a M, don't it? Malachi or something, I don't know. But it's, it's, it's got a name. It says it in the Bible, right? Really? How many of y'all ever read the Bible? You know what I'm talking about, all right? Yeah. So, you know, when, when Brother Tony talks about, he says, when that guy come up there, he said Peter wasn't, you know, trying to like cut his ear off. He said, and Brother Colton said the same thing. He said that Peter had that sword in his hand and he drew back and he went like that. And he said that guy went, and that blade ricocheted off that skull. And that ear went, Jesus went and picked it up. And he probably looked at Peter like, it's just a few days and I'm gone and you're taking this. Amen. But how many of you know? Wherever you are is how you're going to respond. And so Paul said, I don't want you ignorant. Right? Of how it got. But then you'll read later, he's, even in Philippians 4, he said, but I've learned to rejoice. <laughs> Some of y'all are still thinking about that ear deal now. But he said, rejoice and be glad. And then he says, and also I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, go with me, please, to, uh, well, did we ever get read Ephesians 4, 7? Let's read it real quick. They got, she has it up. Thank you, ma'am. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the what? gift of Christ. What was trying to press Paul out of? Thank you. 
I don't know if that was an angel or somebody in the audience, but thank you. No, I know where it come from. Measure. What was the measure? It was his gift by God. It was his place. It's what he gave to the body of Christ. So what is pressure designed to do? Get you out of your place. That's all it's designed to do. And go drop down to verse 16 of the same chapter and book. In 16, do y'all have the NLT? Okay. If you have it, Ephesians 6 or Ephesians 4.16 NLT. Thank you. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is what? Healthy and growing and as each part does its own special work. Paul said the pressure was put on him and it's trying to get him out of his measure. Or the gift of God or the gift of Christ by grace. What is pressure trying to get to you to do? Get you out of your place. What is your place? Whatever God's asked you to do in the family of God. Amen. Now, go real quickly, if you would, please, to uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 9. 1 Corinthians 16, 9, please. And again, we appreciate all y'all coming tonight. Thank you, guys. Now, 1 Corinthians 16, 9. Listen to this. I'm going to to read you just a little bit of stuff before we read 1 Corinthians 16, 9. In the Webster, Merriam-Webster, the word peace means literally no war and no fighting. That's in the Webster. But when you look at the peace of God, it literally says to be able to be still or at rest in your heart never does it say absence of trouble Mm -hmm. never so in the middle you remember that one lady that had an issue of blood in Mark what did Jesus tell her after she got healed Somebody said it. Thank you. She was every made, every went whole, and he said, go in. That seems to be a clue that she wasn't before. Perhaps there was a lot of craziness around her. Perhaps she's used to a lot of uh, drama. <laughs> Got to learn to live in peace. Be at rest, even in the midst of craziness. And don't, don't get nervous when everything is going good. And don't look for trouble. And sure, you won't have to believe for it. It'll show up. But some people, they, they want something going all the time. I mean, no, I like it to be calm. I like it to be peaceful. Amen. But in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of trouble, you can still have the peace of God. Now, I'm going to ask, before we read uh, 1 Corinthians 16, I'm going to ask this lady if she'll come back. I'm going to ask Pastor Tom to come back. We're going to do better this time in Jesus' name. (laughs) <laughs> now, will you uh, just press on her like you were doing? Again? Now, are you pushing? Okay. Then, then I want you to back off. Now, but without her knowing it. Okay. 
Now, she knows she's going to let go. Now, I want to ask you a question. Ma'am, can you feel him pressing against you? Yes. Can you sense when the pressure's released? Yes. Thank you. Now, I ask you all. Can you sense when pressure's on you? Can you sense when it releases? Very often, when the devil wants to get you out of your spot. Thank you, guys. Thank you. When the devil wants to get you out of your spot, if he can put pressure, he can release pressure. And if all of a sudden the pressure is released because he started saying, well, you don't have to serve all the time or you don't have to do this and why do you have to go or just whatever. You know how the devil works. And then you bite into that. And we already know how we take a thought according to Matthew 6. Wherefore, take no thought by saying. So we know how to take a thought. So if we start taking a thought or we start saying that thought, what he will do is, if he can put pressure that you can literally feel, then he can back off pressure and make people think by them backing away out of their measure. They, they think they're sensing the peace of God, but it's a lack of pressure. But see, peace is not, not the peace of God is not the absence of trouble. It's being able to be still and at rest in your heart. Now, let's read 1 Corinthians 16, 9. Paul makes this statement. He said, for a great door and effectual is what? Open unto him. Correct? Now, Flip over to Revelation 3, 7, and 8. Revelation 3, 7, and 8, please. And thank you, ma'am. It says, write this letter to the angel of the church Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true. The one who has the key of David. Who is this? Who? Y'all right. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. This is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close. And what he closes, next verse. I know all the things you do, I, and I have opened. Now in the King James, it's red. Right? He says, I know all the things you do, and I have what? Opened the door for you. Very often when people are doing what they know to do and it's pleasing to God, God will watch. And then he will open a door because you've been doing stuff that pleases him or you've done it the way he has it in his heart or you've been faithful. And then all this craziness starts happening and people get confused and they're like, God... I was I was serving you. I was after you. This should not be happening. But because you were faithful, you have done. He says, "He, I know the things you do." And he said, "I, Jesus, the head of the church, I have opened a door for you that no one can close." You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and you didn't deny me. Glory to God. Now let's go back to 1 Corinthians 16, 9. Please. So he makes this statement in 1 Corinthians 16, 9. Now I have a question. Was Paul messing up? Nope. Was Paul out of the will of God? Nope. As far as we can tell, he's right in the middle of it. The NLT says this, there is a what? Now, who then opened that wide open door? Jesus did. Why did he open it? Because he's been watching. Because he's been faithful, right? He's been doing what God's asked him to do, just like you. That was a real good place for y'all to say amen. Just like you. Then he says, 
a wide open door for a great, great work here. Although, what? What's the King James say? Great door, effectual door, but at the door are what? Now, how many is many? How many is a few? Two or three, ain't it? Bible says there, there were a few souls saved and there was eight that got in the boat, Noah. So a few maybe is eight. So how many is many? More than eight. How many of you believe... Okay, I'll show them. Have we got time? Uh, uh, go to Psalms, Psalms 27. Go to Psalms 27, please. Glory to God. Psalms 27. Look at verse 11, please. You ready? Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Now, in the King James, somebody had a Bible that had footnotes like mine Sunday morning. Uh... I'm going to show this to Pastor Nancy. King James, teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in a plain path because of what? Mine enemies. And then there's the number two. Mm-hmm. You look over here, it says H-E-B. And what's that say? Those which observe me. Those which observe me. Teach me how to walk because of those which observe me. Now, New Testament revelation. Who is your enemy? That was weak as branch water, y'all. Amen. Who, New Testament revelation. Who is your and my enemy? The devil is. The devil is. Is any person. <laughs> Look at somebody say, no. Amen. <laughs> you ain't going to do it, huh? You're going to leave me hanging. Amen. All right. New Testament revelation. Who is our enemy? The devil. devil. All right. So he said, Lord, teach me to walk, even David in the Old Covenant, because of those which observe me. You ever heard of familiar spirits? You ever wondered why it seems that the craziness is so tailor-made to fit you? Because they follow you. They are not ever told to touch you, but only follow you and take notes. Let's see. Long lines drives Betsy up the wall. And you go into a grocery store, and when you get your buggy and go past the front cashier's check, there ain't nobody. And you're like, hallelujah. And you go get your groceries, and it's like somebody gets on an invisible bullhorn. Betsy is headed to the front. Everybody make a dash for the cash register. And you're trying to outrun Grandma. And you're like, there wasn't nobody at the register when we come here. How come this keeps working? Because they follow you and they continually take notes about you. And they become familiar with you. But if you, if long lines used to drive you batty or upset or whatever terminology... And you go, you go by the store after church tonight. And every line is full. And you're just like, glory to God. I'm so thrilled. This business is doing so good. (laughs) And the devil that is following you will be like, what happened to Betty? Excuse me, I'm getting a phone call. (laughs) Yes. 
Thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. No, it's not really. It's my alarm. <laughs> Some of y'all like, God calls Brother Ricky? <laughs> Let me buy you a pen, ma'am. Oh, okay. Thank you. So, so Betty tonight's like, Hallelujah. And he goes back to, to little D and he's like, I don't know what has happened. But I have followed this lady around for years and long lines always used to drive her crazy. But tonight, when she got in along the line, she started singing worship songs and talking to people about Heart of the Bay Christian Center. I got so nervous, I got out of there. See, Paul said, I had to learn how to live. That's it. Amen. How many you know... I told you Sunday, we're from Pawnee, Oklahoma. A population, of, I'm real close to 2,000. That's just everybody shows up. <laughs> and we got two red lights. No kidding. I told you Sunday, I was not stretching it. Most of the time, both of them work. When the one on the west end of town goes on blink, we've got a 55-gallon drum with four stop signs bolted to it that we put in the center of the street. And it's an honor system. A traffic jam is three cars at one time if it's been a real long train. I have never in my life seen so many folks as y'all got out here. <laughs> it's a beautiful place to live. Are you with me? And there's a lot of folk that like it. I mean, no, if traffic bothers you, I would highly recommend listen to this message. <laughs> Amen. Because, I mean, no, uh, on the way to church tonight, I mean, Sunday when we were coming, it took us like 15 minutes tonight. We sent from light to light. I'm like, where's everybody going? <laughs> Are you with me? There ain't no need getting upset because there's a little limp following you around. <laughs> I ain't an imp, but y'all know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> okay. What's something that bothers you? Squeaky noises. Squeaky noises. What something bothers you, sir? Traffic. Oh, so I was preaching to you. All of us deal with different things. But Paul said, I have learned the secret of living. Now, go to Philippians 128 and the Amplified. We'll find a place to stop. So, remember Psalms 27:11. Those which observe you. Hallelujah. We ain't ignorant no more. <laughs> Let me go one more. We ain't ignorant no more. No more. Look at somebody say, no more. Philippians 1, 28. I do not for a moment, but be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. I'll not be frightened or I will not be intimidated. Right? For such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof and seal to them of their impending destruction. It'll be a sure token and evidence or a sign of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. Glory to God. Now, 
We'll read First uh, Corinthians sixteen nine, and we'll close with this. First Corinthians sixteen nine, please. For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are what. Many. Everybody say many again, please. So, how, how many did we come to conclusions? Many. Pardon? More than any. <laughs> okay. Quite a few. How many areas of life could you be under attack and still realize that it's an open door, not God punishing you? Come on now. Many would consist of possibly work issues, financial, family, just all kinds of stuff. Because it would come almost from every direction. When Paul said, I have learned the secret of living, and I know how to be content. What he was writing about is, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And he talked about, I'm not moved. I'm not moved. These things don't have the ability to move me. But see, when people don't realize just because they're saved, there'll be, there'll be stuff that'll come after you. But how many of you know, <clears throat> we know when it comes, where it's coming from. It's not from our Father. Especially to those that have done what God said. You've been found faithful. Man, would you pull up Matthew 25, 21, please? Those that have been faithful. And Jesus is watching you and he says, I know what you've been doing. Me and the Father's talked. And we both agree. We're going to cause increase. There will now be a door opened of increase. But Paul... The reason he didn't get that, I don't believe, by revelation only, mm-hmm. but I believe he got it by personal living. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. <clears throat> Matthew twenty five twenty one. He said unto him, Well done, thou good. Now here's the key. We preached a message here when we were over in San Leandro. Stay in the skillet till you're done. <laughs> right? So when you stand before God, he'll say, well done. Because <laughs> ephod was half-baked. He wasn't done. Amen. Well done, thou good... <laughs> I preach that again sometimes. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over... What brought the increase? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. The Father God and the Lord Jesus talked about this man. He said he's been faithful. Paul said, I don't want anybody to be ignorant why trouble comes. I don't want him to back up. I don't want him to mistake a lack of pressure for the peace of God. Peace of God is not the absence of trouble. It's I'm able to be still and at rest no matter where I am. If we had time, we could show you. Paul said, I'm I'm personally in prison, but I still pray that God will give me a door of utterance that I can share. He was at peace in jail. He was in rest in jail. I encourage you as Christians, as people that's doing mighty work here on the West Coast, stay with it. Stay with it. You're not losing. You're winning. Keep after it. You're making a difference. There are people coming into the family of God. We're not the only church out here, but I mean, no, we're sure a good one. I said we're a real good one. Amen. Stay with it. Don't back up. 
And when the pressure comes, smile and tell somebody you're close to. Ha, ha, ha. And I'm not going to respond wrongly like I used to. I'm going to do better this go around. Amen. Glory to God. Let's stand up, please. Father, we love you. We thank you and praise you, magnify you. We thank you, Master, for helping us with utterance, pulling the cover off and letting us see. Lord, I thank you for these precious people. Love you. Here it is, a Wednesday night. Worked all day this week and still come to church tonight, even with their busy schedules. Father, we're grateful for committed, faithful folk, people that love you, love the local church. And Father, we thank you. If anyone in this room tonight or later watching by other means, if they're going through some things, yeah, we all know wrong living can cause some difficulty. We know that, but so can right. And if they're going through some things, that the enemy will not win this battle. No, he will not. And the imps that have followed and become familiar, they're going to scratch their head and they're going to be like, their response is so different than it used to be. They're laughing. They're singing. They're praying in tongues. Before they were throwing stuff and slinging stuff and mad. Not no more. We are learning the secret of how to live. Glory to God. Glory. Tonight as we as a group, a family of God, raise our hands. We say thank you, Father. We worship you and praise you and glorify you and magnify you. In the wonderful holy name of Jesus, we thank you, sir. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Pastor Nancy, amen. Thank you guys for coming.